People binge shows all the time. Girls like ourselves devour them. Children are put to bed early by their parents, hopefully to not be seen again that night. Housewives take the grocery money and invest in stars to watch seasons four and five. All episodes are consumed, eventually. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, nerdy knights of the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm that lady of that thirsty lake, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's your former Edinburgh Denison and ginger host, Colleen McMillan. And bonjour, it's your favorite French lassie, Flo Siegel. So the BGS ladies, through many very, very, very extremely thirsty discussions, decided to let you in on what has been a series of frantic text exchanges and begin a detailed dorky dive into the sexy historical work of Diana Gabaldon's Outlander, a star's show adapted from novels. Be warned, this is the warning. We will be talking heavily about mature content, as well as discussing sensitive topics such as sexual violence and rape. So make sure the barons are out of earshot. And with that, je suis prête for a recap of episodes one through eight of season three, post-break. Let's go. Let's <laughs> go. Woo. Oh and yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And we begin season three at the Battle of Culloden's Field of Destruction. And Jamie is alive, but barely. Gasping in pain on the ground, surrounded by dead men. He lays very gross, very gross. He yeah. lays dying underneath Blackjack Randall until Rupert saves him. And we watch the battle play out in Jamie's memory. And we in rejoice as he finally kills Randall. Again, good riddance. Yeah, good riddance. Not, not soon enough. Yeah. We are then blasted to 1948, where a pregnant Claire and besotted Frank move to Boston. Claire grows frustrated as a housewife, and things get tense until she gives birth to Jamie's daughter, Brianna. Back in 1746, Jamie is suffering from his wounds, and he and Rupert are caught by redcoats who execute Rupert. So tragic. That was rough. <sighs> Jamie is saved when Lord Melton recognizes him as the man who saved his younger brother before Prestipans. Bound by the rules of honor, Melton sends Jamie home, expecting him not to survive the journey because his wounds seem mortal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This like did not feel very realistic to me. Like <laughs> it's just not at all. alive. <laughs> I reckon first of all, I first of all, you're alive, which is insane. Second of all, yeah, I recognize you as the guy who I wasn't there for to recognize, but there you are. I'm Thank gonna God he said now. his name. I mean, the only thing he had was a name, so he couldn't be quite sure. Yeah, but, but then... like really, like you're oh, yeah. the honor thing. And also, like, the fact that Jamie was last to get shot, like, just in the nick of time. Whatever. It's fine. Well, I last. think he was just like, who's the hottest Highlander around? He's the one who saved my life. So, like, do me a solid. <laughs> do <laughs> actually everyone a solid and do not kill this man. He is too attractive not to be having children. Please. <laughs> please let I him mean, survive. Are you red, Jamie? <laughs> So like, I yes. want to talk about like two things that went on this episode that did not belong in the summary recap. First of all, do we want to talk at all about Frank's like totally overtly sexist coworker professors? Because that was a lot to swallow. Yeah. Right. So bad. Especially when then, Claire is obviously smarter than or as smart as everybody in that damn room. Like, I mean, 
everything that was happening in the 40s or whatever, nine, sorry, 1940s, not 1740s, was yeah. just like a really tough look. Like, yes, Claire didn't have like a ton of rights in the past in Scotland either, but like this was very over. Just a hot ago. beat ago. Yeah. Hot beat yeah. ago. Right. right. Just like, she was like, pretty respected in the past. She once was. they found out she was a healer, they were like, ah. Exactly. And so like to go back and like have to be nothing, it, that was tough. And yeah, his colleagues suck and everything. I just like, I can't with Frank. He just makes me upset. Yeah, Frank. Well, Frank tries his best. He's just not equipped to deal with. And to be fair, it's a lot to deal with. Like I can't blame him for not being able to deal with it because it's a ton. Like my wife was in the past and is pregnant with a time traveling 200 year old man's baby <laughs> <laughs> but like he's he's just he's he's rough i i can't with him yeah and then second of all i was totally i don't even have the word for it when claire was put under without her consent yeah. when How she was giving birth to like remind people yeah it's like yeah. breaking the hippocratic oath right there in some way like, See, I don't know. I don't know if back then it would have broken the Hippocratic Oath. I'm being serious here. They just thought it wouldn't because they're like, she's a woman. She doesn't know her own mind. Right. <laughs> I'm the man. I know what I'm doing. That part was real. So I had a C-section and I was not put under. I was put with an epidural and like, a, or whatever, like a spinal tap. General anesthetic. Right. So, yeah. so I was awake for it. And if somebody had been like, let's knock this bitch out, I'd have been like, what the... No, can you not? Yeah, just felt been like, like better be a good reason. <laughs> there was just like there was no bodily autonomy, right? Like it was just knock her out, no matter what she says, just knock her out, and there was no reason for it. She didn't have a C-section, did she? Like I don't understand I don't how know. the pushing I happened. I don't think so. I mean, maybe she had to. How would she push? That's my question. So I just didn't have. understand the whole thing. Because like <laughs> it's hard. To, well, again, I didn't have a vaginal birth, but. I understand it's apparently still hard to push with just an epidural in. So like right. you're knocked out. There's no freaking way you can push out a baby. So they had to have a C-section, right? I don't, I don't know. It was my understanding that, was that she so was pushing. Weird. I would have thought that they would, I, I would have thought Claire would have said something if she had had a C-section, but like. Right. And when she's naked later, it doesn't look like she has a scar. I don't remember. Yeah. They're pretty sneaky. To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jamie's the only one allowed with, with scars. Claire has to have, like, unblemished porcelain skin. So, yeah, that was, that was super tough. I fully agree. And just, like, the lighting for that scene was, like, so, like, gray and, like, clinic, just, like, cold, yeah. cold, cold, so cold. Yeah. Ugh, hated it. Well, Colleen, do you want to get to our next episode summary? Yes. Despite what Melton thought... Jamie has been surviving for six years at Lollybrook in a cave, but with redcoats still after him, of course. Soldiers repeatedly and continuously come to Lollybrook searching for Jamie. The one guy is Scottish, which really pissed me off. It's like, for real, dude? For real? Oh, you're But that's realistic. That's totally oh, yes. realistic. Definitely. They would have had a ton of people that were with the redcoats, thinking that they would be treated better or differently. It's like, no, they still hate you. <laughs> Just because you get the fancy uniform and you're a captain doesn't mean that they don't Hate dislike you. you. Especially right, since exactly. you're like a turncoat on your own people. They're like, whoa, we double hate you now. 
Well, and now everyone hates you. Your own people hate you and the Redcoats hate you. So good job, bro. Good yeah, enjoy that. Buddy. Yeah, have fun. Oh, this part always makes me go, blah. When the Redcoats cut off Fergus's hand and leave him to die for not leading them to Jamie, Jamie does arrive and save Fergus. Although he didn't show himself, which is good, he could not show himself. He then arranges with Jenny after this incident to be caught by the Redcoats so that she can claim the reward and so that the Redcoats will finally leave his family alone. Mm. That was rough. I feel like we see so Poor much Jenny. of the really great father-son relationship with him and Fergus in this. It was just mm-hmm. so, it was so sad the way that he had to care for this child who has no more hand. Yeah. That was rough. I love Fergus. When Fergus shot off that gun, though, I was like, kid. Agreed. A million percent. <sighs> But they're You're not supposed to have guns. Like, they will come find you. They can hear it. <laughs> yeah, but he was trying to protect Jamie or, uh, Jenny's pregnancy and, yes. like, birth and, like... Mm. The ravens alone. They're just bringing messages from the north. <laughs> so, don't shoot the ravens. <laughs> they can't My... <laughs> yes. My real question here is, does Jamie have sex with that one chick? I'm yeah. thinking yes. yes. Mary? Was that her name, Mary? I probably. I don't even know. The sweet kind of, she's a widow and she's basically like, we just need this. Let's just have some release. Come hither. Totally fair too. Like who can blame either of them? Like I don't know one bit. So it's like, go, go get yours, buddy. Like, I I don't know. Do you think he told Claire later? I I don't remember if he does in the book or not. I don't think he does on the show. Yeah, I don't think he does. He doesn't in the show unless he like does it in the second half of season three (laughs) but like my question is i don't blame jamie i don't blame the woman i do blame the producers for having that happen off stage like how dare you agreed agreed a million percent yes Mm -hmm. um but yeah i i liked it i felt really sad to see jamie kind of living like that yeah that was was rough to see like how low he's fallen Mm -hmm. so it's good to see him himself back up a little bit later yes (laughs) And speaking well, of which, Flo, get us to our next episode. Okay, well, this is not him picking himself up at all. No, not yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jamie gets caught, or caught, you know, he, like, surrenders himself. And he ends up serving time at Ardsmuir Prison, where he becomes the leader and spokesperson for the prisoners, which, like, cushy job, my dude. Like, way to go. I don't know how Union that- Union those shackles on for years. Well, <laughs> That's yeah. the one bad thing, <laughs> Well, there's that. But like, still, I feel like Jamie is the luckiest SOB in the world. It's unbelievable. So he begins an uneasy relationship with the new governor, our favorite, Lord John Gray. He's so (laughs) fabulous. Um, Now an adult. And that morphs into friendship, which is really beautiful. And a little bit more than friendship for- Definitely on John's part. And then when the prison closes, Murtaugh and the other prisoners are sent to America as indentured servants. Jamie, however, is not. He's paroled to work at a private estate called Hellwater, which, like, not a great name. Should not have named <laughs> no. it. Not, not good call. And in the present, Claire graduates but dr- from med school. But drama is afoot when Frank informs Claire he wants a divorce so he can marry his mistress, which that was intense. <laughs> Whoa. And yeah. then... He actually wants to return to England with Brianna, which is rough. And the fight ends before resolution, and 
Frank is tragically killed in a car accident after driving away. That part is so sad when she sees him and he's dead and yeah. she like says, I'm so sorry, you're my first love. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that part was really well done. Their relationship is just so tragic. Like, yeah, there, it was nothing that either of them did. Like, they really did love each other. It just didn't work out ever. Like, there was no way to make it work out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the ghost of Jamie was going to haunt Claire no matter what. Totally. Especially with Brie there like being really tall and having red hair and be like I look just like my dad right so I mean they just had no shot still let's raise a glass to Frank I think yes Frank deserves a glass raise even though he let his mistress come to the house at their party like Frank that was a bad choice (laughs) honestly Frank that was bold bold move Frank can you not like just go do it on the side my friend you've got money go get a hotel you he's just busy he's just busy watching movies with her like he's seen all of the movies with her (laughs) that was so sad though oh I've already seen it I've seen all of them yeah stop trying to reconnect Claire it's it's too late I've watched them all rough Well, moving on, Claire, Brianna, and Roger research history and ding, 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 track Jamie to Ardsmere Prison. So, yay, they get that far. Unfortunately, the trail runs cold. Hey, he went to Hellwater, like, hello. And so they head back to America. Back in the past, however, Jamie serves as a groom for the, I think it's Dunsany family, an heiress Geneva blackmails him into having sex with her. This sex leads to a baby, young Willie. And Flo, I see you pausing. So, like, let's not wait until the end. Please, go on. Geneva. Geneva Uh was very upsetting. Like, here's the thing about Geneva. Like, I I hear you, girl. Like, I fully, I'm with you. Like, you have no rights. You have, like, no recourse to anything. And you don't know anything. Like, if you've watched Bridgerton, you, like, know how little women knew about anything. So, I understand that, like, you want to have sex with this, like, extremely ridiculously good looking guy before you we do too girl yeah we we do too we're with you (laughs) geneva we are you (laughs) however like the blackmail bit was just a lot like oh yeah it was it was rapey honestly no it was 100 rape jamie was just sexy doing it exactly and so i think that was just really rough to see and then the fact that like she ends up getting pregnant is just like oh no (laughs) The seat is strong. So, well, first of all, <laughs> yes, my dude. But Very also, strong. like, just this ruined everybody's life, basically. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't end up being such a huge deal. But when I first saw it, I was like, how is he going to get out of this one? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So because true. the blame would be put squarely on him. Oh, 100%. Like, I thought, like, this is how he gets executed, for sure. Yeah. So. If anybody found out, which... Somebody does. Somebody Somebody does. (laughs) Luckily, it it ends up fine anyways. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of which, when Geneva and her husband die, because of course that has to happen, Geneva's sister Isabel agrees to keep the secret of who the baby's father is and agrees to take care of Willie. Years pass and Willie's resemblance to Jamie becomes too obvious. That's when Jamie leaves Hellwater and his son and Earl behind. Not too bad. A little come up on the sun there, right there. A little Earl. Oh yeah, Willie will be fine. (laughs) That was so so cute. Just like to see him on his horse and stuff. That was like, seeing Jamie as a dad was really precious because we've been robbed of that, of like him and Bree. And so seeing him with like a little kid was really cute. 
Yeah. As far as I know, like I see in our notes, some things have changed. As far as I know, that's the only time we get to see Willie. And I was kind of like, oh, that was like very short lived. <laughs> yeah, you'll see him again. Remember, oh, Diana Gabaldon brings in characters that will come back again and again and again. We don't see him, I mean, we don't see him that much, at least in the show, but we do see him again. And it, it is nice for sure. But this is, cool. this is the main Willie bit. Okay. So far. <laughs> right. Well, we at least when it comes to like the child named Willie, not yeah. necessarily other Willies. <laughs> Thank God. Colleen, why don't you with take that, our next one? With that, returning to the present in December of 1968. Is that 68? Yeah, I think. I Brianna. think so. Or 65. Sorry. Whichever I, one it is. It's wherever 16, we are. 66 or 65. Somewhere in there. It's in the 60s. Brianna isn't doing well at Harvard at all. She'd be failing, guys. And she decides to withdraw for a break. Roger, 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 travels to Boston to tell Claire and Brianna that he has discovered a clue to Jamie's whereabouts in 1765. Good job, Roger. Come on. We, we got to keep the good things going for Roger. No. That Jamie. <laughs> we we got to give him a little bit. We got to give him some. He is only doing this to get into Bree's pants. I was going to say, like, there is some tension. There's totally some sexual tension. I wish Roger was just like, um, by the way, I'm not doing this for Claire, Bugaboo. I am doing this for you. Like, just to let you know, like, I feel as though he's gotten, and I hate this phrase. I hate the phrase friend zone because girls and boys can be friends. Mm -hmm. And like, it's not a big deal. And you aren't put in this magical place where you're in a zone and like, whatever. But I wish Roger was more clear about things because he's traveling continents for Brianna. And like, Mm -hmm. Brianna is either completely ignoring it or not getting the hint. So like, right. I mean, at least they have kissed. So it's there. Like it, it's there. There, it's just not spoken like enough. <laughs> Roger to me is just like the quintessential dude who will like tell you anything you want to hear, and then just like be gross. I I, I really <laughs> Roger. He's just like, hey, I found your dad. Now let's go to the bedroom. It's just like yeah. you're a creep. I I can't oh, Roger. I can't. Of course. Poor Roger. Well, I feel we'll for him. Roger. Oh. I feel for him. You'll, you'll feel for Roger later. I mean, he does have his moments that are good, and then he has his moments that are super fucking cringe. Like, no, just... Mm. I can't stand Roger, so... <laughs> That's okay. Neither can Sloan. Our friend Sloan, who has read the books, is like... Sloan. Roger. Every time she gets to a Roger chapter, she's like, uh, how long is it? <laughs> All right, back to our episode. Roger finds out that Jamie was working as a printer in Edinburgh, at a memorial for Frank, this was also really sad, you guys. Frank's former mistress confronts Claire, and Claire confesses to Brianna that Frank wanted to marry her, the mistress. Pretty sad for this girl, too. Like, Totally. It really sucks. Totally. Like, Very This is tragic. the actual one time where the guy was actually going to leave his wife for his mistress, right. and then he died. Like, mm, No fun for them. Brianna then implores Claire to reunite with Jamie. Like, come on, go find your first love. You're not getting any younger. Finally, in Edinburgh in 1765, Claire is reunited with Jamie when she discovers him in a print shop working. Jamie then promptly faints. I think I did too, honestly. I like, I think I blacked out at that point because I was just so excited when she like walks in and like everything is like so slow and she's like Mm -hmm. touching things and I'm just like, 
oh my God, where is he? I like need her to see him immediately Mm -hmm. before I die. And then he just like passes out and then the episode ends, right? Yes, yes. He faints and then boom. I'm pretty sure I watched that like at 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, I guess I'm not sleeping tonight because I need to watch the next episode. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's talk about what does happen in that next episode then. Yes. Once they reunite, which was really cute, they talk about their kids, some of them. And Claire learns that Jamie has been up to some good trouble, although she's like still kind of worried about him, which makes sense. Yeah. He's been printing subversive material, smuggling booze, and living in a brothel. That was so funny when she's like, you live here? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I didn't know you were coming. <laughs> I, mean, I would have cleaned up and like told the prostitutes to not be here, but here we are. I appreciate the show producers like really trying to make sure that a brothel would still be featured because like I really enjoyed France's so like props props to the producers. Great work on the brothel guys it was great and his room is like pretty nice in there honestly. Oh yeah pretty cushy. Yeah so Claire settles into things pretty nicely she gets to know some of the women in Madame Jeanne's establishment and unfortunately when Jamie is running an errand for the business the business uh, Claire is put in danger by an intruder who threatens to rape her because, of course, it's the 1700s. So that's what happens. Claire ends up fighting back and the man falls and he cracks his head like on the fireplace, right? Yeah, so gross. So that gross. Was, there was like a loud crack when that yeah. happened. That was disgusting. Uh, Claire tries to save him. Obviously, she's a doctor. And um, Jamie warns that she could be arrested for killing the man. So that was cool. Yeah, geez. But I don't know, this episode was really good because we got Jamie and Claire back together and it was it was pretty hot. What'd you guys think? Yes. So I just want to say that it this was as good as the wedding episode, which I think was season one, episode yeah. seven. Um so if you're looking for something spicy, definitely go back at this one. I think this was episode six, but I could be yeah. wrong about that. Plus they added the comedy, like when he smashed his head against her. No. That was. Yeah. And they're like, see, we're out of practice. Yeah, I found that to be super realistic because it has been a while. Like, if they had just gotten back into it, like, full swing, yes, that totally would have been hot. But I appreciated a little bit of the realism involved there because, like, it has been a beat and Jamie has been with some other people. (laughs) Yeah. For me, this wasn't as good as the wedding because the wedding was, like, so romantic and this had, like, a lot of other things peppered in. And also, like, I just really like Virgin Jamie a lot. <laughs> so preferences. Preferences. You know, potato potato. But this one was good. And it was it was just so good to have like just something good happening to them because like she's mm-hmm. just lost her husband. She's yeah. been sewing like a crazy person to get back in the past. She's lost her daughter, which is deeply tragic. And now it's just like all right, finally something good's happening for Claire. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> oh, her sewing to the Batman theme was hysterical. I love that part. I loved yes. it. And I was just like, like damn, why didn't you go to a tailor? But this is fun. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. Really like as somebody yeah. who sews, I was just like, where is your pattern? Like, where how are you doing this? That was crazy. Was, she's amazing. Can I just also say that I was a little bit surprised that Jamie started working in a print shop. Like, when did this skill set start? How did that evolve? 
for me, Jamie is like kind of a creature of necessity. So I think he like just saw a gap in the market and was just like, I could do this, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. He probably apprenticed to somebody probably. first. And then that person's like, I'm going to sell you my print shop because I'm old and I don't want to do it anymore. I think like Jamie's just a survivor. So like he'll just do whatever yeah. he's got to do to survive. And this was it. And like he was fine at it, I guess. Yeah. My God, when he was working that like freaking printing press and his arms were just like bulging, I was just like, I love this show. Thank he you. He looks Lord. good. Bite your bottom lip. They Ooh. are not as old as they need to be, but I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> just suspend disbelief right now. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah, not pretend that they're both not hot. And his little glasses, because he's getting older. And her gray hair. <laughs> I could not stand that. I was just like, how dare you? Make <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, later on, another intruder arrives because this was like the season four intruders. Yep. This time, though, it happens at the print shop interrupting young Ian. So like as a friendly reminder to, to viewers, Ian, who is Jenny's husband, had a son. So that's young Ian young ian's first time with a woman so that's super rough yeah and we don't mean in the good way (laughs) the intruder discovers jamie's treasonous pamphlets and in all of the commotion the shop is set ablaze but jamie is fortunately able to save ian following the fire jamie claire and young ian flee home to lollybrook where jenny is suspicious and none too pleased to see claire based on the explanations she's given which is totally fair that's totally fair yeah Yeah, drop us a line that you were alive that would be nice i mean there's just no way she could be happy like everyone's been lying to her and like she can kind of see through all of that so it's like yeah that sucks for you jenny and now they're at your home it's like not only are they lying but they're lying in your house right they were lying that your son was with them yes that was messed up Right, right. So like this episode, I don't really think a lot of episodes, well, I guess the title of the episodes generally seems to like evolve loosely with the theme. But the theme of this episode was really about like, what kind of lies are the right kind of lies? White lies versus real lies, lies to Ian uh, from young Ian, lies to Claire about Jamie being married again, and just all of these little like secrets. Everyone has little secrets. Except for Jenny. <laughs> Jenny, yeah, Jenny doesn't have any one. secrets. <laughs> and I love young Ian. I think he's so great. Yeah. He's, cute. he's just so adorable. I love older Fergus. Older <laughs> Fergus is cute. He's so cute. Let me tell you about older Fergus. Older Fergus can call me it. anytime <laughs> and use that fake hand. Let me just- <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Call me older Fergus. Thank you. Should we talk about the biggest secret? Yes. Yes, we really should. Okay, so this was the worst part. I screamed at my television. Claire finds out that Jamie married Leary in a really abrupt way as kids storm in, followed quickly by Leary. So immediately we think like Jamie has had kids and he did not tell her even when he told her about Willie and we're like, this is not good. Right. So then cue some extremely steamy sex, rutting. I don't, it was, it was intense. That was. Yes, it was. For as long as it lasted, it was super intense. It was super intense. Uh, Interrupted by a very perturbed Jenny. Again, poor Jenny. She's in her own home. (laughs) 
<laughs> what? Screaming I, and having sex all over the place. I did appreciate Jenny being like, you guys are so freaking loud. Please yes. stop. Like, I mean, as the viewers, we aren't necessarily privy to that. Like, we are in it with Jamie and Claire, so it's totally fine for us. But, like, imagine your roommate just constantly having hot, hot, hot sex so loud. Like, no regard for anyone else. Jenny Rude. is just trying to sleep. Like, she's got work <laughs> to do in the morning. She's, like, trying to run an estate. Like, let, let me sleep. She's got kids. Like, the or, poor like, kids. Take it to the barn or something. Guys. Right. Let's go. Let's right. Respectful. <laughs> so then, <laughs> later, <laughs> Leary, being Leary, accidentally shoots Jamie. <laughs> During uh, that boy is mine confrontation, which was very funny, but also like scary. Like, yes. I was worried that she was going to actually kill him. Thanks to Claire, Jamie recovers because she smuggled penicillin through the traveling stones, like all hidden in like a little medicine bag. That was really smart of her to do that. And then Ned Go um, Goen, who was the lawyer, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so cute. So old at this point. I don't know how you're alive. Like, who knows? He never got married. <laughs> Honestly, Ned, smartest person in this whole show. Well done. Well done, Ned. He's able to negotiate a settlement with Leary, and then Jamie decides to retrieve the treasure on Silky Isle to pay for it. This part was, like, kind of weird. Like, this part was hard for me to buy. This was so weird. This was so weird. So, like, Jamie, during all of this, you never mention the treasure. You never go to get the treasure. You never mention the treasure to Jenny like no one knows about this treasure except for you. It's so implausible. It makes no sense to me. I agree. So the silky too is the um, enchanted woman that can turn into a seal. Right. It's like a, a Scottish and Irish kind of legend. It or just- like when the Bonnie Prince Charles was trying to raise funds, that would have been a perfect time to be like, oh, you know what? I just I don't know how much there is, but there's there's doublooms on an aisle Isn't that it the I can French, This is yeah. from the French fleet, right? Yeah, this is the Supposedly. money from the French fleet that I guess like never made it and it was there. But like, Jamie, you've been working as a printer, like when you had a treasure? Right. What? Sitting there, just sitting there. <laughs> so that part made no sense. So anyways, he can't swim there because Jamie's wounded. So Ian, young Ian, not daddy, not daddy Ian. Not daddy Ian. <laughs> that sounded, ooh. I was a little turned on. Sorry. (laughs) I'm here for for big Ian too. So instead, young Ian swims to the island in Jamie's place because he's injured. He got shot by Leary, that hoe. So then horrifyingly, watching from the cliffs, Jamie and Claire see Ian get forcibly taken aboard like a pirate ship while he's trying to get this treasure. Also, like, here's one last question. Why could they yell to each other when he was on the island? He's like, auntie, I have it. And I'm just like, you're on an island. Like what? Did he did he swim there or did he row there? He swam. How was okay, right? So I thought he swam. How was he supposed to swim back with that heavy ass treasure? That was my question too. Yeah. That was on his back would I guess be the best way with the treasure like kind of in front of him, but maybe he's like really good at water polo and he's just gonna like tread water with it above his head. Makes no sense. <laughs> This whole, this whole ruse makes no sense. They were just trying to make it sort of make sense that Leary had to be married to him. And that whole plot line makes no sense. Take it away. <laughs> I mean, I don't have an issue with like Leary being married to him. Yeah, like, he did I do. at least the white knight. I mean, he 
Yeah. And he liked the kids. He wanted to be a dad. He did it for the kids, which was very nice. I just like, I don't understand the island bit. Like obviously they needed to get Ian taken so that we could continue the season. But it's like, eh, it could have been better. Like somebody could have taken him from Lollybrock. Obviously like Lollybrock is close to shore because they made it there in like two seconds. Yes. So I don't know. That It was just so weird. Yes. Anything further for this one, or should we move on um, for things that to watch for that were highlights that didn't necessarily fit into our summaries? I think we're I think we're ready. All right. So to kick things off, first off, Murtog is alive. Oh, I love him so 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 much. So that's right. In the novels, Murtog perishes at Culloden, which is way too sad. At first, Jamie doesn't remember how Murtaugh dies, but he eventually recalls Murtaugh's last words, quote, it doesn't hurt a bit to die, which is totally like serious black much. That's a good call out, Colleen. So sad. Can I, can I, well, okay. I don't want you ladies to spoil it for me, but as far as, as far as I know, like Murtaugh is sent to the colonies and that is the last we see of him, which is so bloody heartbreaking like i can't imagine being jamie and walking away from like my best buddy who has been there ride to die this whole entire time just going off to die in the colonies because that's the future that awaits murtaugh as far as anyone's concerned yep everybody like all of those prisoners it's basically like a death sentence like if you don't die at sea you're probably gonna die when you get there yep just no good no spoilers I can see you smiling, so I feel a little bit better. I love him. I love him. But like watching them separate was really, really hard for me. I like don't even want to read the book because I like don't want Murtaugh to die. Yeah, I was pissed. I was so mad. So so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I just made it in my head canon that he was he was fine. All right. The next thing I thought this was hysterical. (laughs) There's a tavern-looking kind of sign with a painting on it, and I was like that's a harp is that the guinness harp like is this a tavern that's serving guinness in edinburgh because that would be amazing while guinness was brewed in ireland during this time period it wasn't available in scotland until around like 1769 so we're a few years too early but it was kind of fun to see it like oh they've got some guinness this is great and then so jamie and claire's scenes are from 1960 or 19 1766 so we're a little bit early but that's fine maybe one of the guinness people time traveled as well yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it's pretty close it's fine it's very close like sure of course like edinburgh's a like capital they could have they could have it yeah totally right maybe it's like smuggled in or something and it's just like not on the books All right, so the next thing we wanted to point out is that Geneva's, and remember, Geneva is like the rapist girl. Yeah. Her sister, Isabel, who ended up taking Willie, is played by Tanya Reynolds, who fans might recognize as the sexually frustrated Lily from Netflix's Sex Education. So that was pretty exciting. I love her so much. She's <laughs> so funny on that show. That was just like fun to recognize people from other shows and be like, where do I know you from? Yeah. So fun. The British actors that are in everything. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, it's that person. All right. Exactly. Oh, this next one also very hard. Jamie's reaction to John Gray's seemingly a come on a little bit there with the hand holding that went too long is very understandable. His reaction. Wait, seemingly? It was like a hardcore come on. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. I mean, he didn't like 
grab Jamie's face and kiss him or anything. But I mean, for a guy during this time period, that was like, I mean, it was signal. Like, damn. Like, I was getting a little toasty. Very, again, like, to do references to Bridgerton. So, like, watch Bridgerton. Like, sometimes you don't even need to touch. No. I mean, all I'm saying is, this is a Bridgerton side, but I have never wanted to be a spoon so badly (laughs) in my life. Mm. So this was, like, kind of like that. It's like, oh, my God, yes, please brush your fingers against my hand, John Gray. Yes. Jamie, however, not so excited about that, but it was really great to see John be the exact opposite of Randall. Yes. He immediately is like, okay, this isn't okay with you, so that's fine. I don't want you to take it the wrong way. He's a gentleman about it, and he's not looking to take advantage of Jamie. He doesn't understand the power dynamic quite well enough here because he thinks that they're such good friends. He's forgetting that he's technically like, the jailer of this poor prisoner like he's lost in this kind of fantasy because jamie is hot he's yeah. smart they're playing chess they're having dinner together all the time so right. he's just they've lost been on in lots the of dates yes, yeah many many dates are had between the two but still get in line john there's a now, lot of people waiting on jamie i actually have a question about this do we think that like what happened between jamie and blackjack randall is like widely known i would assume not right no i don't think i would say not anyone would know about it because then blackjack randall would be discharged that would be that would be my thought Hmm. i mean his men probably knew his like guard or whoever his most loyal people but no they would have to like keep it real under wraps because I i think it's a crime back then it would be a crime even if you're high up in the nobility, you still would be like, it would be a scandal and yeah. like, you'd be tossed out of society. Like you'd probably still keep your wealth if you were that high up, but. I guess like, I just feel bad for like John Gray who like shot his shot and he like had no idea that all this trauma was behind it. Yeah. Right. So, right. I mean, that that was just rough. Mm-hmm. I love yep. John Gray. I do too. He's like a little puppy dog. Oh my God. Or a little sweetie pie. <laughs> Then we got one more. Yeah. Hey, that's not Harvard. The <laughs> scenes where Claire first meets the adorable Joe Abernathy were filmed at Summer Hall, which was once Edinburgh's veterinarian school. This building now houses a brewery and a distillery, so I might have to go visit it. Yay. Another Outlander, or not Outlander, another Game of Thrones reference there. It's like Summer Hall. Oh, God. <laughs> totally. Don't we'll burn down. During post-COVID BGS ladies trip. Oh my God, I would love that so much. I do know where that is. I used to walk around that area a lot. So I can definitely, once we get to Edinburgh, guys, I will be like, let's go. Been there. Maps needed, just Colleen guiding us. And speaking of which, Colleen, how about you start guiding us through how historically accurate Outlander is? We've touched on that a little bit with things to miss, but um, what else are we looking at here? Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of things this episode that I wanted to touch on because, like, oh, interesting. We'll definitely have another one for next episode about Mr. Willoughby because I have questions <laughs> about Ch- uh, Chinese immigrants. But he's in the back end of season three, so we can talk about him next time. Mm-hmm. Firstly, Artsmere Prison isn't a real place, but Jacobite prisoners were often treated to these horrible conditions, like depicted on the show. It's also very realistic that the very sheltered John Gray would have zero clue 
about how the prisoners were treated, like why they shouldn't have a cat down in the cells because they want the rats to eat y'all, like there's not enough food. Mm -hmm. And you can just see it in John's face when he's like, don't take the cats, please, because they need, like, no. And John's like, why? So gross. I get pheasant like every night. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. So it was very realistic. He might have been in the military, but he's still a lord. Like he's had this very privileged life. He has no clue what it's like to be these men. And then I did think this was kind of cute. In the novel Voyager, John names his cat that's up in his office Augustus, <laughs> probably after the Roman emperor. Like, <laughs> of course, you would name your cat Augustus. He's just so adorable. So John Gray. I just love you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's talk about something I don't love so much. <laughs> yeah. Indentured servitude to America. <laughs> so sending Scottish prisoners of war to America as indentured servants wasn't a new trend in the late 1700s. In 1660, Scottish prisoners captured during the battles of Worcester and Dunbar were sent to New England as temporary indentured servants or workers yeah, temp- temporary, I'm sure. I believe it. Yeah. And while indentured servitude isn't slavery, it was still really difficult for those workers to make a life once their term was up. Like, we've seen this happen a million times. It was just like, you know, it's a cycle of work abuse. and poverty and abuse. Yeah. Yeah. So that was sad. And hopefully, Murtaugh got out of that. Mm, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Harvard and female doctors. Mm. Um, they discussed admitting women to the Harvard Medical School for freaking ever. Yeah. Finally, in September 1945, women were granted the right to enter the program as quote unquote equals to men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you know, a little fun fact, at least when it comes to law school, I don't know the dates, but like women also weren't allowed to pursue a legal education. And I believe now, or at least a few, within the recent few years, not only is it equal, but I think women are now outpacing men in the legal industry, at least entering law school. Woo! Yeah. Pretty darn cool. That's very exciting. Very, very cool. I'm just glad that Claire had Joe because yes. otherwise she would have been completely outcast Yeah, as a woman. At least with Joe there, they had a person that they could tether onto yes. and stay friends and be besties and be adorable. There's and so- she knows what he eats <laughs> during the week. <laughs> like total work wife, work husband situation with those two. I love it. I like trying uh, a ship cam, honestly. Ooh. I know. I'm just like, that's that's cute. Like, I feel like, do you guys think they did anything on the side? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, it would well, be kind of cute. I they did, so. Yeah, and your fanfic. Like, I, I totally want to read that fanfic. I don't want to, like. They had, like, a chased handheld kind of situation. Then they were like, oh, this is getting too hot. We need to, like, step back. <laughs> All right. That's- they, like, did a stethoscope thing. Like, can you hear my heart? Oh, my God, Sarah. <laughs> I'm just oh, wow. saying. Ooh, that's what saying. Ooh. That is hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing the fan fiction this time around. <laughs> All right. I love it. Can okay, you set it in down. Edinburgh, by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us about Edinburgh. <laughs> yes, they are in Edinburgh. They did film there. Part of Edinburgh's old town. The Bakehouse Close is one of the best preserved examples of old Edinburgh. It is really cool down there, too. There are streets beneath streets in Edinburgh. It's wild. Ooh. 
The archway that's in the show dates back to 1570 and the closest featured along with parts of the Royal Mile, which is like from the castle up on the hill all the way down to the palace. It's a mile, basically a mile downhill. It's a great walk, uh, including the nearby Tweedle. I think that's how you say that one court in season three. Love it. Love it. Also zippers. <laughs> this part made me laugh so much when Jamie's like, what the F is that? Yeah. Ooh, easy access. Like, oh, it's a zipper. It's great. No wonder Amy's so, or Amy, Jamie is so confused though, because the zipper wasn't invented until 1851. And then it wasn't even used really in clothes until like the 1920s. Huh. So he would have zero idea what the heck this was all about. You mean he would have zippy idea. <laughs> I'll sure does know how to unzip, that's for sure. <laughs> that was great. I love uh, Claire just adding anachronisms everywhere. <laughs> the thing is, like, I worried that, like, she was going to get caught and was going to, like, be a witch again. Yeah. It was like, can this have happened once before, Claire? Like, maybe chill out. Yeah. And, like, how did they unite because like how did claire have the money after getting through the travel stones to yeah. actually get to that specific print shop that was that was my like implausibility right i guess they they did give her the money like they found all those kind of antique now coins but i don't know oh, how much it that's was right. that's they, like, right that present but i mean coins back then yes would have been worth more but our brains here are thinking like a bunch of coins that's great How's, how far is she gonna get out that also like how was it safe for her to go travel by herself right so not <laughs> yeah not, right like I, I do wish that we had seen more of like her journey to edinburgh from i agree that i agree yeah, that that no would have built the journey. realism to me yeah. yeah i agree so anyways however here's something good that claire did she showed immense foresight yet again by bringing a supply of medicine with her into the past she uses penicillin on Jamie, which wasn't discovered until 1928 by Scottish scientist Alexander Fleming. So, hey, at least it's Scottish. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well done, Fleming. Woo. Well, I think that's probably where we'll leave it today, ladies. Thank you so much, dear listeners, for being with us. And come back next time when we continue exploring Outlander and other geeky goodies. You can enjoy our podcast or on YouTube. Either way, hit that subscribe button and leave those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's book corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. And also let us know some of your favorite things like if you're on YouTube from season three. Ooh. Until next time, raise Jamie Fraser's saber way up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.